Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis. Welcome back to Teachable Tuesday. Today we're reading John chapter 14 uh, in our Bible study on the Gospel of John. But if it's your first time, have no fear. The Word has something to say to you. And of course, Jesus is the Word made flesh. That was John chapter 1. We've already covered that, John 14 today. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, you're a miracle worker. You are the God of resurrection, of restoration, of hope, of life. This chapter and this gospel, Lord, are full of promises. So grant us the grace today to receive them, to believe you. Come and be with us, Jesus. I know you're already here, Lord, but um, I ask for a deeper awareness of your love and presence with us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, 
you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. I've said these things to you while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us be on our way. Amen. Man, so many possibilities for a takeaway there, and I would love to hear yours. If there was a verse, even if that was the first time you're hearing or um, reading the Gospel of John chapter 14, I would love to hear what spoke to your heart, what was stirring in your heart. It could be a word, it could be a whole verse, it could be just a phrase from a verse, but pay attention to those interior movements of your heart because the Word of God is living and active. And so God is speaking to you in your present circumstances right now through John 14. It's for you. He's that personal. So share your takeaway with me below, maybe with a friend, maybe with your small group. And now I'd love to share my takeaway with you. You know, John 14 uh, and my verse in particular, verse 3, it uh, made me think about my friend Merritt. A couple of weeks ago, I was visiting Merritt and her family in Scotland. And um, the trip there was pretty arduous. <laughs> I had all three delayed flights. I had a very long layover in Dublin to see some friends. And so by the time I got to where Merritt was waiting for me in Edinburgh, I had been flying, I had been traveling for about 30 hours. And I'm not really a plane sleeper. So it was a very surreal, disorienting experience. So when I saw Merritt, it was so good, so normal. Uh, I was so tired and we drove uh, out to her house. And when we got there, uh, she showed me into the guest room, my room where I'd be staying, where there was a bed, beautifully made up just for me. Uh, Merritt had put a, tooth, a toothbrush, brand new toothbrush and some toothpaste, just some other little toiletries there. Towels were folded waiting for me. And she'd been to the grocery store to pick up just my favorite little things. And I felt this utter 
relief. I was welcome here. I was wanted here. I was anticipated here. Merit thought of me and she prepared a place for me. And doesn't that feel so good, right? Have you had that experience of feeling anticipated? Uh, somebody thinking of you and doesn't that mean so much? I'm thinking back to early years in elementary school when you would get a new teacher, start a brand new year with a whole new class. So you're a little, as a, a kid, you know, a little um, unsteady, a little nervous, very excited perhaps. And when you walk in right there on your desk in uh, beautiful cursive handwriting or, or really precise printing, there's your name on your desk. She prepared a place for you. He, your teacher, prepared a place for you. You had a space. You were wanted. You were expected to come. Doesn't that help you to kind of relax? It happens for me too when a friend of mine brings me, uh, surprises me with my favorite, very specific coffee order. Oh, to be known. Doesn't that feel good? Or when you open a gift and uh, that person just knows you. They nailed it. You didn't even know you wanted or needed that thing, but they thought of you. They saw you. They went out of their way to care for you, and they blessed you with this gift. It's so honoring, isn't it, to be known, to be thought of, to be welcomed. And it, it unlocks something within us, uh, a peace, at least in me. It helps me to feel relaxed helps me to feel uh, secure, like I belong, I can be myself. And that's how I feel when I read John 14, verse three. Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is promising his disciples that he is going to go away, but uh, he's not hiding from them. He's going on a mission to prepare a place for them. Now, if we were a Jewish audience and we were to read this scripture, we would have a particular lens, a cultural, a historical lens that would help us to understand that language of going to prepare a place for us. That's bridal language. That's wedding imagery. In the time of Jesus, the, the groom, the bridegroom, would become betrothed to his wife, and then he would go away, and he would prepare a place. He would literally build a house and plant a vineyard. He would make everything ready to welcome his new bride into his home, into the father's house. She would leave her family and become a part of his family, united to him in that marital union. That's the imagery that Jesus is speaking to. And that's on purpose. That's because Jesus is the bridegroom. He's the one we've been waiting for, longing for. He's the bridegroom of our souls. Uniquely, individually, he's the bridegroom of your soul. The, the love that you've been longing for, waiting for. And you, my friend, you are the beloved. We, the church, are the bride. So this language is spot on. It's not meant to cause us to be sad, to think about Jesus going away. No, it's a promise that he's going away to prepare a place for us because we belong to him, because he wants to be with us 
forever because he knows and loves us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. Isn't that beautiful? Can we put the emphasis there on take you to myself? This is the desire of God's heart to bring you into intimate relationship with him. This isn't a a cold, uh, rigid, strictly devotional or or legalistic practice of faith. This is is intimate. This is personal, isn't isn't it? This language is meant to evoke in us this longing for unity, for union. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That, that language of taking you to myself speaks of an embrace. Can you settle into that, that, that God wants to embrace you, that Jesus wants to be one with you, that he loves you and he wants to be with you forever. Lean into that promise. It, it's foreshadowed, it's spoken of all the way back in the book of the prophet Isaiah 54. Your maker is your husband. Another translation, your builder wants to marry you. This bridal language is so important if we're to understand the gospel, the why God sent his only begotten, beloved son to ransom us, to rescue us, to bring us into the Father's house, that the bridegroom would bring us into the Father's house. And this isn't only a promise for heaven, for forever. This is a promise for our future here and now. It is a magnificent, eternal promise that there's a place prepared for us in heaven. God likes you that much. He loves you that much that he's spending your life preparing a place for you, anticipating your uh, coming to be with him, to be united with him. Uh, Jesus speaks about this union. Um, you, uh, on that day, you will know that I'm in the Father and you in me and I in you. This is a profound mystery and intimacy we can only hope to enter into this side of heaven. But that's the, that's the promise that you're betrothed. Your soul is betrothed to the bridegroom. He's preparing a place to bring you into the Father's house, into the kingdom of God, into heaven. It's a future promise. And he doesn't leave us alone in the meantime. This forever promise is a He ultimately is good on it by sending us the Holy Spirit so that we're never alone. He's never left us. He abides. He waits, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. In every tabernacle, in every Catholic church all over the world, Jesus abides. He makes his home on the earth, in the church, because he wants to come and make his home in us. That happens every time we receive the Eucharist. That him and the Father and you and me and I and you, that happens every time we receive the Eucharist. Every time we call upon the Holy Spirit, we're we're fortified in that union. That intimacy is deepened. That promise is strengthened. That forever promise that we'll be with Jesus and that he's gone to prepare a place for us. Sometimes it's a It's sort of abstract to think about heaven, isn't it? I actually want to scale back. I want to 
zoom in. I want to talk not just about the forever promise that this verse uh, foreshadows. I want to talk about the future promise that it holds for each one of us. If we can believe, if we have the faith to take Jesus at his word here and believe that he's gone to prepare a place for us in heaven, can you believe that he's preparing a place for you here and now? That in all things, in your future with your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your vocation, your passion, your mission, the people that you love, can you, can you believe that this same intentional God, this, this divine bridegroom, your husband, your maker husband, who's built a house for you, a heavenly dwelling, that he's also building your future, that he's preparing a place for you, your next step, later today, tomorrow, next week, next year, and even until your dying breath. That's how loving, how intentional a husband, a maker husband we have. He's orchestrating all things to work them together for your good. And sometimes it's hard to see here and now, isn't it? I had a, an experience of this, my own frustration with trusting God with my future just this weekend. I, uh, as you may know, I take a desert day. It's been a spiritual practice for the past year. I go out to pray with the poor Claire's at their monastery in the desert one Saturday a month. And I was both longing, just dying to go and to be with the Lord. And at the same time, pretty agitated and angry. There was some just deeper sadness and disappointment there. But I knew it was only Jesus, the bridegroom of my soul who could love me in that tender place. So I went with this great expectation and then maybe you can maybe you can relate to this. Nothing went as planned. Uh, nothing in my schedule, nothing that day, nothing about the place, nothing about my own prayer was what I expected or even wanted. And providentially I had a conversation with a beautiful sister of life the next day and I was still pretty disappointed, pretty discouraged. And I was sharing that with her, just asking for prayers. And she reminded me, Beth, you did it. You held up your end of the bargain. You showed up. He's the one building the future. He's the one preparing a place. He's the one anticipating my needs, desiring to be one with me, wanting me to know that I belong. The work is his. Your job and my job is just to keep showing up. He's faithful to his promise. All we have to do is keep showing up. When you're angry, keep showing up. When you're discouraged, prayers dry, keep your, your practice of prayer. When you're not sure if you believe, when you're full of, of doubt, when some traumatic suffering has happened, go to mass. Just keep showing up. He's faithful to build. We just need to be faithful to him. Faithful in the simplest ways, just keep showing up. You see, when, when we sin, when we wander, the scripture, especially the Old Testament prophets, they define or they describe this wandering as adultery. The sin is ultimately our being unfaithful to God. 
If we can put on that lens, if we can understand the heart of the Father to bring us into the house, the heart of the bridegroom pursuing us, desiring intimate relationship, personal, dynamic, living relationship with us because he's a living person. If we can understand that, it helps so much to keep showing up. So persevere, friends. Be faithful to Jesus, especially Jesus in the Eucharist because he's so faithful to you. He'll be faithful in your future and he will be faithful forever. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen, Jesus. Thank you that you're faithful, that you're good, that you're steady. I imagine you, Jesus, and and St. Joseph as carpenters, faithfully going out to the workshop, building, sanding, chiseling, waiting, creating. This is what you're doing with our lives. This is what you're doing with us. God, would you come and prepare a place in us? Come and be united with us in our souls. You're so welcome, Jesus. We trust in you. We pray these things in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I pray you were encouraged today. And that's not because of me. That's because of the word. So get in the word. John 15 for next week, to be specific. See you then. God bless you. Bye. Bye, guys.